Lord, as as we uh, turn our attention now towards his word and towards the time of the preaching of his word, Lord, we come before you today. Lord, we are grateful. We are so grateful for everything that you have done for us and that you have given to us in Jesus. And today, Lord, we do confess that you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are our Savior. But Lord, you, you do not come to us in, in the way that, that we desire to do what we want, but Lord, you have come to establish your way in our lives. And Lord, uh, that way is the way of the cross. So help us today, Heavenly Father, to be people who listen to Jesus, believe in Jesus, and help us, Heavenly Father, to be people who are willing to take up our cross to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. So we ask for your Holy Spirit today. Help me, Lord, to to speak. Help us, Lord, to listen. Help our hearts to be open. Lord, this time where we we open your word, we, we can only receive through the power of your Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, and do your work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I invite you to stand today as we read our gospel reading. The gospel today is taken from St. Mark, the 8th chapter, beginning with the 27th verse. So we're going to begin, first of all, with the gospel lesson. So verse 27, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples... Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. You are the anointed. You are the king. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. Listen to this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter rebuked the Lord. Returning and seeing his disciples... He rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And what can man give in in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation... Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And this is the gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. These are some hard words in Mark's gospel, words that Peter didn't like. Peter didn't like this message of going to Jerusalem to suffer, to be rejected, to be crucified, and to die. St. Augustine has this to say. He says, if you believe what you like in the gospel, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel that you believe, but yourself. It's not the gospel that you believe, but yourself. Jesus' mission was the cross. Peter didn't like this talk of the cross. You see, Peter wanted a political messiah. Peter wanted a messiah that would come and overthrow the, the power and the authority of Roman occupiers and establish once and for all the Davidic kingdom. Peter didn't like Jesus as, as a suffering Messiah. And did you catch the irony of Peter's confession of Jesus' Messiahship? Peter correctly believed, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are the King. But then when Jesus began to talk about rejection and suffering and, and death, Peter took Jesus aside and Peter rebuked the one that he had just confessed is Messiah. You see, the Jewish people didn't like the Romans calling the shots. Peter and, and faithful Israelites wanted a descendant of David on the throne. They wanted the rightful heir of the nation of Israel to reign. And they knew that Jesus Jesus is, was and is the rightful heir to David's throne. Jesus, a descendant of David, of the lineage of these great kings. But Jesus' mission wasn't political. Listen to that, church. Jesus' mission was not political. Jesus' mission was suffering and death and resurrection to establish an eternal kingdom which will never end. Not an earthly kingdom, but an everlasting kingdom. People didn't want to believe Jesus. Now, Peter wanted what Peter wanted, and I want what I want. Peter wanted what Peter wanted so much that he took Jesus aside and rebuked him. And I don't like everything that Jesus had to say. As I read the Bible, there are some hard things. There are some difficult words that Jesus says. But I believe, and I trust in Jesus. I believe in Jesus, and I trust Jesus' word, not because, because I like everything that he says, but because I know that everything that he says is true. When Jesus speaks, when the word of God speaks, it is God, it is truth. So Jesus' mission was the cross. And Jesus knew that anything that avoided the cross was of Satan. 
Anything that would, that would uh, go around the suffering, uh, the, the cross of Jesus Christ was of Satan. That is why Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because Jesus knew that Satan wanted to avoid, uh, wanted Jesus to avoid that which would win salvation for humanity. So get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So St. Augustine says, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel you believe, but yourself. And probably worse, it's the devil's will that you reject the word of God. So let's summarize. Number one, number one, Jesus is the Christ. Peter was correct. In his confession, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And, uh, but, but here's the thing. Peter, Peter liked Jesus as Christ, Messiah, King, in a political sense, any, any uh, not, not in uh, the spiritual sense. So Jesus is the Christ. Number two, Jesus is the crucified Christ. So he is the crucified King. So Jesus is the Christ. Peter didn't like this talk of, of, of a suffering Christ. He only wanted a Christ in a political sense, but Jesus came as the crucified Christ. This is the truth that Peter didn't like. And then number three is this. Jesus calls us, he calls you and I, to a crucified life. So he is the Christ, the crucified Christ, and then he calls us also to a crucified life. So Peter didn't like the talk of Jesus' suffering. But he was in for a surprise. He was in for a surprise. Because Jesus said this, Mark 8.34. And calling the crowd to himself with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So if Peter didn't like this talk of Jesus suffering and dying, certainly he wouldn't like this talk of the followers of Jesus having to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow him. So Jesus calls us to a crucified life. And what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that we deny ourselves. We deny ourselves. And then it means that we take up our cross, which literally means that we are willing to die for Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And calling the crowd to him. With his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And if you know the history of the church, you know that all of the apostles, with the exception of John, the, John all of them suffered martyrs' deaths. So if you're going to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Why? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. Verse 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. 
And I think this is a good reminder for us, church. As a disciple of Jesus, you don't find, you don't find meaning in the fleeting pleasures of this world. You don't find meaning in the fleeting pleasures of this world. People who find meaning in the temporary pleasures of this life end up with nothing in the end. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel will save it. Then verse 36, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and what? Gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. Many people are doing this today. They, they believe that, that life's meaning is found in the accumulation of wealth and of possessions. But Jesus says the materialistic way isn't the way of my disciples. Church, I've never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul trailer. Never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul trailer. Now, we thank the Lord for the material blessings that we've received in life, but life's meaning uh, is greater than the things that we have. You see, Jesus is king, not over an earthly kingdom, but reigning over an eternal kingdom. And this eternal kingdom has riches untold. So for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can man give in return for his soul? Verse 37, for what can man give in return for his soul? Many people today are exchanging the untold riches of Jesus and of his eternal kingdom for, for worldly things. Temporary things, yes, things that, that feel good and make us comfortable, stuff that, 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 that uh, makes life in the here and now easier, but at, but at what cost? The cost of their eternal soul. They've traded in the crucified life, the life of denying self and taking up your cross for a life of ease. But at what cost? But at what cost? Verse 38. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Oftentimes that's what, it's all, what it all boils down to. Being ashamed of Jesus. So Jesus calls us to a crucified life. We deny ourselves. We take up our cross, willing even to die for Jesus. Why? The riches of Jesus and of his eternal kingdom do not compare to the momentary comforts of living for ourselves. Jesus calls you to a crucified life. Now I want you to listen to how the Apostle Paul teaches this truth. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. Listen to what Paul says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So church, you have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And so we're not to live our lives in the flesh, but we're to live by faith in Jesus, the one who, who loves you and the one who gave himself for you. Then Galatians 5:24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So those who belong, you, you who belong to Christ Jesus, you have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And then Galatians 6:14. St. Paul says, Far, but far be it from me to boast, except what? In the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Jesus is the Christ, but not in a political sense, not a political king. Jesus is the crucified Christ. And Jesus calls you to a crucified life. Why do we deny ourselves? Why do we take up our cross and follow him? We deny ourselves because Jesus first denied himself. Because he took up the cross for you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. We don't deny ourselves and take our cross and follow Jesus to earn salvation from Jesus. Many people believe that they must do something good or they need to do something religious to demonstrate that they are worthy of salvation, that they're worthy of eternal life. Actually, every religion of the world has some system of earning salvation, of earning everlasting life, of earning enlightenment. In every religion except for biblical Christianity, you need to do good works to be saved. And I don't know about you, I can't do enough good works to earn anything from God. I don't have the ability to do good works to earn salvation or everlasting life or grace from God. You can't do enough to earn salvation from God. I want to illustrate this uh, by way of my parents. I'm grateful for the love of my mom and dad. How many of you are grateful for the love of your mom and dad growing up? And I think that, that if you're like me, you'll remember that they didn't require me to do things to earn their love. I, I pray that you grew up in a family like that, that he didn't have to do things to earn their love. Some, many of you may not have grown up in a family like that. So it may be difficult for you to grasp and to understand the unconditional love that Jesus has for you. But my parents, they didn't require me to do things to earn their love. Now, think of, of yourself as a baby. Now, like all babies, I was a headache. Um, I would wake up hungry in the middle of the night. 
I, I had to have my diapers changed. When I got older, I would get into things and I would make a mess. I actually pulled the, the bookshelf down on my, uh, on my head and I got a black eye. And then I pulled the TV on my head and I got a second black eye. And my mom didn't want to take me to the grocery store because it looked like I got beat at home. I would refuse to take my naps. I would throw temper tantrums. Sound familiar? Then when I got older, things didn't get better. They got worse. You've heard the saying, you have little kids, you have little problems. You have big kids, you have big problems, right? I would say hurtful and disrespectful things, blatant uh, mouthiness. But guess what? Through the dirty diapers, the messes, the temper tantrums, talking back, hurtful words, my mom and dad, they still loved me. They loved me. So guess what? Today, now, if my parents uh, needed something from me, I'd do anything for them. I'd do anything from me. And, and guess what? My parents didn't say, let's wait until Adam grows up to be a nice, hassle-free young man, and then we'll love him. Oh, no. They loved me from the start. And God loves you from the start. And now I would do anything for them. If they needed me in Arizona, that's where they live right now, they live in Arizona. If they needed me in Arizona in the middle of 120 degree heat, huh, I would go to Arizona and I would help them. And guess what? I don't like the heat. I don't like to fly. But man, if they needed me, I'd be at the airport, I'd buy the first ticket out, and I'd fly into that 120 degree heat and I would help them. I would deny myself, take up my cross, and do for them whatever they needed. So Jesus loves you. He loves you. He doesn't expect you to get everything together in your life. He doesn't expect you to get all your ducks in a row. He loves you today. In, in the messes that you make, in the temper tantrums that you throw, in the things that you say. He loves you now. He loves you even, even in, in the midst of your temptation and struggle. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is why we deny ourselves. That's why we take up our cross and follow him. Not to earn Jesus' love but as a response of the great, unconditional, and amazing love that he has for us. He loves us with an unconditional love, which actually makes denying ourselves and carrying our cross a response of joyful worship. Because this is the Savior who loves us and gave everything for us. So we don't uh, live in, in the way that many people love. If, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's really not the gospel you believe. It's really not the gospel you, you believe, but it's yourself. But to believe 
and to embrace and to cherish the parts of the gospel that you don't like. It's actually a gift that's given. It's a gift that's given even to love and to cherish the parts that we, maybe at first you didn't like this thing that Jesus said, but then you came to understand and love what Jesus said. Maybe you didn't like the fact that Jesus calls you to deny himself, but, but then you understand because of the great love that he has for you and the truth that's in that, that yeah, denying myself and denying that thing or this thing, that's the abundant life. So if you believe and embrace and cherish the parts of the gospel that you don't like, you find that it's a gift Even the parts you don't like are a gift given by the love of Jesus poured out upon the cross. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the hard truths, the hard truths that we don't want to hear, of denying ourselves, taking up our cross, loving our enemies, doing good to those that persecute us. Lord, I don't still have a hard time with that. Lord, you're doing this work through your Holy Spirit, and I, I thank you and I praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, for the great unconditional love that you have for us today. And Lord, may that love then motivate us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow you, that we would leave this place in peace, serving you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.